quiet neighborhood, there lives a menace named Dennis. He feels warm. You need an aspirin. This summer, watch out for the kid who's causing all the excitement. Dennis the Menace. He's only a boy, huh? That's me! Rated PG. Starts Friday, June 25th at a theater near you. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my host, Mr. Wilson. That's me. They can't see you waving, Mr. Wilson. Well, some podcasts, they videotape them, and then they put them on YouTube. Man, we should videotape this podcast so people can see our attractive faces. So, um, I'm practicing for when we do that. Yeah, good idea. (laughs) So, as you heard in that trailer today, we are going to be talking about Dennis the Menace from 1993. Stay tuned, because we are going to get into it. And the good thing about this one... Hopefully, we will be putting this to the test. Is that instead of waiting three weeks after rewatching it, we watched it tonight? That was good. That's smart of us. So I, I will not have forgotten all of the plot. Meanwhile, there's a little movie called Homer Bound that we watched about a month ago that we're still like, should we record that podcast? And I'm like, I don't remember that movie. We didn't record it when we needed to because we got sidetracked again when we recorded a different one. And yeah, so I don't know. Maybe we'll do Homer Down at some point. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, ah, oh yeah, I remember Dennis the Menace. I'm going to listen to that podcast. Don't feel bad if you don't actually remember the movies because I go just a few weeks and I forget the movie, let alone 20 years. Right. Or 30 years or how many years old. 30. Well, going on 30. Yeah. So before we get into Dennis the Menace, we will talk about what we've been watching recently. So that's what we do in the first half of the episode. If you are new to the show, we talk about what we're going to the theater seeing, what we're renting, what red boxing shows we're watching. So Tyler, we have seen a couple movies together finally. So, uh, first half. That's not the first half of the. Hopefully, we don't go for a whole half of the show. We- have commonly frequently okay. gone 30 minutes. No. Well, into, I mean, yeah, our show in an hour and a half episode, <laughs> so it's still a third. It's true. Well, I've, it's funny that you, I think when you've always introduced this, you've never mentioned Redbox until now, but that's only because I think we read it to Redbox movies. Well, you made a good point this week that some of the movies we've uh, rented are available for streaming mm-hmm. to pay for like four ninety nine, or you can Redbox it for like $2. It was like Five ninety nine for the one we really wanted to watch, and, and I was like, yeah. five ninety nine. I can go down to the grocery store and get it for two dollars." I mean, do we spend fifteen dollars a day on various iced coffees? Yes, we do. Are we going to spend an extra four dollars on a movie? No, we will not. McDonald's has ninety nine cent iced coffees right now. Oh, really? Because I spent ten dollars on my way through the coffee shop today. Well, you didn't go to the McDonald's, did you? <laughs> I don't have the McDonald's app. It's only you can get one a day, so you couldn't have gotten two. You would have had to pay for a. So anyway, my point is that we are poor and cheap, but not cheap enough to cut the coffee habit. It's priorities, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's stay on track. (laughs) So I wanted to see the first movie that uh, we're going to talk about that we've been watching recently in theaters. I don't remember what happened. I do. Oh, what? We even we even uh, bought the tickets. Yeah. And the theater that we go to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, They have an issue with a couple of their screens there. Very nice theater in general, but... Uh, they use it for 3D, and they don't. I think the bulb is dim. It's very dim. We've seen a couple movies in there where it's so dim, and we know the number of the theater now. And anytime that movie that we want to go, we reserve our tickets, and it's like, oh, it's in theater eight. We're like, eh, it's ten. It's theater ten. Theater ten. I think actually, there's a there's theater eight is bad as well. No, theater eight's okay. It's like theater uh, ten. It's either nine and ten or ten and eleven, but it's almost always in ten. We end up having the problem. So we bought tickets for it, and then we did what? I don't remember. We just went and saw a different movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, changed, so the movie is Doctor Sleep, right? Which is not a. It's a sequel. Yes, it's a sequel to The Shining. It was a so there was a book that Stephen King wrote called Doctor Sleep. He wrote years after he wrote The Shining, uh, but the movie is a sequel to the book, but also a sequel to the movie, and that's a distinctive because Stephen King famously did not like Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining. And the changes involved. So this movie, and I did some reading after we watched it to kind of get a sense of what was changed and what was kept the same. Because I knew that they had to kind of rectify both timelines a little bit to make this movie. Mm -hmm. And so that was uh, a good read for anybody that watches the the new movie. So yeah, Dr. Sleep 
It is a sequel to The Shining with Ewan McGregor as the adult version of the little Danny kid from The Shining. The Red Rum kid. Red Rum. Yeah. Right. So. I thought the movie was real good for the first, like, 20 minutes. It's a long movie. Two and a half hours. We didn't watch the director's cut, which is even another half hour. Um, So the first 20, 30 minutes I thought were really good. I was pulled in. I was interested. There were some some good stuff happening. This got kind of slow. Drag some scenes were dragging on, and then it got a little whacked, and then a little wacky, a little wacky. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. And then it ended. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I would agree. I think the first, uh, I think even the first part with young Danny, they've recast rather than using like de aging technology. Or Thank God. They you or, or archival footage. They just recast, and they have some scenes in the beginning that kind of connect the movie to the adult time period. I really liked all that, and I liked the first arc of Ewan McGregor's storyline. Kind of the reason why it's called Doctor Sleep. So, etc. And then, yeah, I mean, Rebecca Ferguson I really enjoy in the part. Who that? She's the Rose the Hat, the villain. Um, oh, mm-hmm. And I, I think she's doing something um, kind of fun with the character. And the problem is it's just very, I think it's pretty flabby following those characters. And we get a little bit of repetition, a little bit too much in terms of like getting to know them and getting to know what their deal is and seeing them commit atrocities we see multiple times. And it, I don't know. Yeah. To me, it just was like it was flabby yeah. when it didn't need to be flabby. Yeah. I was like, we've seen them do this already. Why are we why are we back here again? I think. And so, you know, it's one of those things where if you watch maybe the director's cut, it maybe adds more there and it gives those characters more depth. But on the surface, I don't know other than her what a lot of the value in the other characters are in terms of they just kind of feel like henchmen to be dispatched mm-hmm. a little bit. And so I mm-hmm. and I don't think that's an intention because they do kind of introduce a couple of them a little bit more extensively, but it just doesn't go uh, somewhere as uh, compellingly. Anyway. and It, it didn't feel like a, that that storyline with them, which is like the whole fucking movie, right. didn't, didn't feel like a high quality. It felt like it was made for TV. And I watch a lot of, like, TV supernatural stuff, and well, it felt like that level. Stephen King stuff is kind of like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a reason why a lot of these books are miniseries, or they're longer movies. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And so, I can see that, and I, you can definitely tell, I think, I can't remember, the, Mike Flanagan's the director, and he, I kind of have that wrong, actually. He, I know, was, uh, I think, pretty adamant about trying to make a movie that would both satisfy King, but also kind of give people what they like about The Shining. Because look, I have not read The Shining, I have not read Doctor Sleep, but I do really love uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining movie. I just think it's uh, just uh, stylistically, and it's pretty incredibly made, and it's scary as hell, and it's one of my favorite horror movies, so... The director is Mike Flanagan. And he he did, like, that House on Haunted Hill TV show, I think, and... Yeah, he's the screenwriter, too. Yeah, and, and so... I think that he's doing, I think it's a daunting task what he's trying to do. And then the last 25 minutes is back at the hotel. And some of it, I think, works and some of it just, I don't know. It doesn't, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's a particularly thrilling movie. I think that might be one of the problems. It doesn't really, um, find a narrative. It's not, and it's not, I don't even say it's necessarily like a scary movie. It's, it's, it's not like that. And what I find, uh, so it, that being said, I think it's, it's maybe worth a watch if you like The Shining. And also doing doing some reading if you haven't read the books to see what's changed because it turns out like a lot of what happens in the movie is not actually at the end. The, talking about the climax is really like stuff from its content and elements that that were left out of the Shining movie, kind of like things that King wanted for the character and and what is in the actual book. And then he cha- the movie changes the ending of Doctor Sleep to kind of have this uh, sequence, this climax at the hotel. And so when you read about that, I would recommend you. I should send you that link. He'd probably or find I could it. just read the books. You could read the books and enjoy them because, you know, hey, they're good, right? But, yeah. Um, yep. But anyway, I mean, I thought it was okay. I liked Hugh McGregor, but... Yeah, I like him a lot. I uh, I don't know. It was... it was. Uh, I, I think I might have hyped it up a little bit in my, in my head a little bit more. I heard that people Me really too. liked it and stuff. So I was like, well, all right. It was okay. Mm-hmm. I want to say some things, but I don't want to spoil it. So let's move on. Okay. Okay. It was certainly better than the second Redbox movie we rented. Which was, I we had seen the trailers for. I was kind of looking forward to it because I love Will Smith. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I love Will Smith when he's running, getting chasing people, getting chased. Yep. You know that's gonna be like a that's gonna you know what you're getting. So Gemini Man. And I was I mean I didn't love the trailer, I but didn't I didn't love the trailer. I like Ang Lee, that the director, and uh, you know so I, anytime he's behind the movie, I think well it might be worth. Uh, you know, checking out, um, but we didn't see it in the theater. It didn't do very well. Neither of these movies that we talked about did very well because people like us didn't go. Apparently, mm-hmm. we're the moviegoers. This so is the movie where he basically is like a, a retired hitman who's facing off against a younger clone version of himself. It takes uh, quite a bit to get to that point of the movie, and then it utilizes this de aging technology in a way that is not. As effective as we've seen in other no, movies. I think it looked shitty. I think yeah. what they should have done is uh, put some aging makeup on him, make him just a smidgy older, and then don't use de-aging technology. Just leave his hair black. Yeah, and, and then we, done. We've seen Will Smith in the last episode. We talked about Bad Boys for Life, and you know he does have some gray around his beard and his hair, but this is not things we can't just solve with some makeup. Um, Otherwise, he looks pretty young, right? He does look pretty young. I mean, I feel like the the CG younger version of him, it looked like when someone um, uses too many Snapchat filters and and (laughs) they just look like eyeballs. They've got, like, no facial expression. It just looked like his eyeballs were, like, floating on this Mm. 2D, flat, smooth face. And it looked awful. I thought that, like, if you focused on the eye, his eyes, I didn't think he was bad. No, it was, they like, were bad. You didn't think he was good, but let yeah. me just finish my thought. But I was, like, saying, like, put your hand up and, like, cover his eyes and then just... And you can do this, by the way, in, like, Justice League with Superman because they, they, like, they had to digitally remove his beard. Remember all that his nonsense? Mustache. So if you do the same thing in that movie, you, like, cover his eyes, you're just like, oh my god, like, what is that? It's not a human face, it's right? It not look natural. And, and the other problem is, is, it's not just that. And actually, you end up falling asleep. I did. I did. Uh, later when there was some other scenes with it and they're more in the dark and it, it looked better because it was like they were using the lighting to kind of cover it up a little bit. The problem is the bigger problem is like the first major action sequences like this chase on motorbikes and stuff like that and on rooftops and it is incorporate. It's all very brightly lit and it's incorporating CGI movement. Like it'll go from like a shot of Will Smith to like a CGI full human like like we would see in a Spider-Man movie flinging around, right? And it's not great. No, it looks terrible. I've seen video games look better. Right. And I and then the other thing is Ang Lee's been really doing this like high frame rate. And I don't know how much this translates when you don't have like even theaters they don't not the theaters don't even have this high frame rate look, right? So I don't know if how much that translates it, but to me the movie looks in those bright lit sections not great and it might be because we're just not used to that look. To the point where well. it's it's so distracting, you can't even enjoy the action scene because it just looks like a fucking cartoon. But you know what? You put all that aside just for a second. Like, okay, maybe it wasn't the best. The story is horrible. <laughs> the dialogue is horrible. The Some of the worst. Bad. I mean, just for a high concept movie, and you know, sci-fi can get pretty lame with its dialogue sometimes if it's not handled very well. This was maybe some of the worst, just clunky writing mm-hmm. that I've heard people say Mm -hmm. and we've got these characters who are being chased i mean they are being chased at every turn and there are people who are able to find them instantly like the the bad guys can find them instantly and they just don't seem that concerned there are scenes where they're just like hanging out in robes talking and it's like where's the urgency there's no urgency in the movie and that really i think derails it because they had three writers that's why i I kind of like the idea, like, well, you were, again, you were asleep for this last half hour. The idea of what that clone character's life experience is and what that, um, his relationship is to the older Will Smith. And so the idea there is kind of an, an idea that I like for a movie, but it's just the script is so bad. It just, it, it handles it pretty poorly. I was not a fan. How many years had the clone been alive? Um,. A while? Like, was it a baby clone that grew up, or was it that was... come out like a full-grown man who was only alive for like five or six years? Number. I don't know. I'm a little under the weather. I did maybe doze off for five minutes, because it is quite dull. It is uh, quite I, dull. I, yeah, I did yeah, finish yeah, it, yeah. but there was a moment where I was like drooping my eyes, so maybe I missed something, but... So, I would not recommend Gemini Man unless you can see it for free. You and you have two hours to wait. Certainly don't rent it for $2 on Redbox and then not return it uh, the first day. So and so you pay $4 for your Redbox. Still cheaper than... I would. It was still going to be cheaper than streaming it. So yeah, for one day. At least I won. For one day. Okay, you've also been watching a TV show. 
Oh, I, yeah, so Netflix finally added this fourth season to Better Call Saul, which is I don't watch a lot of TV shows, but I do watch Better Call Saul because I think the new season's starting, and oh, man, I'd like to get my hands on that when that runs. But I really, I, th- I just think that as someone who liked Breaking Bad but didn't think it was the greatest show on earth, I am a person that just thinks Better Call Saul is the more is the superior show. And I think it's Bob Odenkirk as the character. This is before he turns into the Saul Goodman of Breaking Bad, and I just love his performance more than anything. I don't, I don't love the surrounding characters as much, but even when I say that, the way the season builds, it's only 10 episodes ever, and it's, again, it's just a, I think we talked about this when the El Camino movie came out. The way that these stories are told, it can be a story about anything. Like, most TV shows are about cops or... Uh, doctors, things that have a high urgency, right? And he's a lawyer, lawyer show, right? But it's not a lawyer show. Like, there's a mm-hmm. whole episode where he's running, like, a cell phone scam, where he's selling cell phones to, you know, people on the street that want burner phones. And that is, like, as compelling as a high drama court case or something like that. So I just love how the show focuses on minutia and um, process, and you can get hooked on that. And then by the end of the last, I mean, once you get to the, always the last two episodes of the season, it's just... uh knockout dramatically I, I i love it i'm always upset when it's over i'm like as i get through it too fast and then it's like it's done i'm like oh god i have to wait another or you could just year. go back and watch it again it's a good show it's really good i it is one of the few shows that i will park my butt down and and yeah. get get string get through it pretty quickly whenever it becomes available so yeah i really like it nice i just keep coming into random episodes and asking you to explain but I think that's the quality of the show, though, because you get hooked on it pretty quickly. Like, what's going on here? Like, because it's just every uh, scenes work really well, and that they are they play out to a natural rise in tension. I mean, it, there's no. It feels like there's a lot, a lot going on sometimes, but there's no super superfluous scenes. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like everything kind of is building, and there's a narrative going on even in, within a single scene or sequence. And I think that that's a hard thing to do for a TV show. So, I like it. Nice. Exciting. So that's what I've been watching. I've been watching a Netflix show as well, You, which has been on its uh, promotional stream, you know, at the top, where it's like, watch this. Right. Oh, Better Call Saul is like an FX show, but it just goes to Netflix. But yeah, yeah. You is a, a Netflix show, it right? It is. Yeah. I'm only like halfway through the first season. What is this show? I'll tell you what this show is. Okay. I don't think you'd like this show. Yeah. So it features this guy mm-hmm. who uh, is basically a stalker. Oh. So he's, like, obsessed with various people, but I think in the first season he's obsessed with this particular character, and he stalks her and gets inserts himself into her life, but he, like, follows her, breaks into her house, steals her phone, these kinds of things that she's completely unaware of. Um, maybe murders people. Oh. It gets real intense. What I don't think you'd like is its heavy-handed use of voiceover. Oh. It's so much. It's like, it's just, like, the whole show is that. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll switch over to the female character. She'll do a little voiceover, but I don't think you would like it because of that. You don't appreciate uh, heavy-handed using it as, like, a, I don't know. Right? I, well, it's, I think that it can be used that way poorly more often than not. There are some situations where it works really well. I think one of the a past episode like Clueless is a great example of what really good voiceover work can be. Yeah, um, or it's even, like that much. Or even that movie that I really liked last year that was like on my top ten list, Transit, which uses voiceover, but it's not reliable voiceover. And mm-hmm. so there's something going on in that. Uh, like there's it, there's intention, and mm-hmm. I like when there's intention to the voiceover versus using it as a crutch to get your story across. It feels like I think this. Um, series is based on a novel Mm. so it feels like it's it's almost trying to insert that like novel feel that first person narrative of like i'm doing this anyway it's weird will i finish it and am i am i enjoying it yes yes i am i'll tell you what's weird and i and maybe this is something to explore but maybe not right now but in general i feel like voiceover has been used a lot less narratively i think we've all used it's like what the fuck is this to the point where I think a lot of, I mean, I, I don't think this is a common thing for people like me to be like, I don't like that so much. It, it really hasn't been, it's it's definitely been kind of flowing out of uh, narrative storytelling. It seems like, more so. It used to be, like, if you saw a studio movie, it was like, well, we got to fix this thing, put some narration in or whatever. So that's 
good, I guess. Mm-hmm. People are, or maybe we're just not. I don't know if it's like a laugh track situation where we just like can't handle it anymore. But I don't know. Now there's plenty of shows that people watch. I guess I have laugh tracks on CBS or something. So I don't know. Ugh. Ugh. Um, another show I've been watching is the Tangled show on Disney Plus. Okay. The kids. Yeah, you guys have been watching this like it's a real show. Yeah, it's actually it's fine. It kind of it makes me it reminds me of the uh, show the cartoons we watched growing up. Like it's very nostalgic and not in like a very specific way, just in a like a very like here's the formula that there's like a cartoon of strong cartoon mm. characters and then there's a bad guy that comes and then they dispatch the bad guy, which is what all these shows okay. are. But I, I can't, I'm not articulating it well. But is there's let me a see if I can fa- let me see if I can dig into it a little bit. Okay, You're this smart. is my question. No, this is my question for you. Okay. Is it more of a tailspin ducktails type thing in that it feels like its own narrative thing or is it more like aladdin the tv series which is like you know this is a show that we're just riding on the coattails of what you liked about the movie or is it being its own thing because there's like a little mermaid show i never watched the aladdin series oh i mean it's not great i don't even know if it's on there and i don't know if i really watched the ducktales one either well, and there's new DuckTales. No, okay. Well, I mean, you can't answer this for me then. I'm not sure. Yeah. You watch I, Gargoyles? Yeah. Okay. Is it like, <laughs> is it more like Gargoyles or does it just feel like an afterthought? No, I think it's a thoughtful show. They're trying. Yeah. Okay. But it's not bringing in too many obnoxious new characters. Okay. Is it more like, is it, is Tangled the TV series? You haven't watched this, but I, I haven't. <laughs> The Lion Guard, which is that show of the Lion King, right? Yeah. Which seems like a very Disney Junior show. Well, this doesn't seem like it's Disney Junior. It's more like what age group would you say it's thrown at, targeted? I not Disney Junior. Is it Disney Disney Junior or Disney Teen? Uh whoever wants to watch it, I'm enjoying it, and I'm 36. But do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> is it like a Paw Patrol kind of thing? Like it's a little obnoxious, no, it or there's like Paw Patrol. story? No, I will not watch fucking Paw Patrol. Okay. I mean, I will turn it on. And I will have it on, but I will not watch it. Okay. No, I'm actually enjoying watching this. Today's episode was a, was about the horse, Maximus. And then this other horse comes in and shows him up. Ooh, Elliot was very much into this today's episode. He's like, well, that horse, that horse is a bad horse. That horse is mean. He was basically saying, fuck that horse. Maximus is the best horse. And that was a whole point of the, sh- of the story. I could see what you meant by saying that we spend the first half of the show on the stuff we've been watching. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, this is the this is the good stuff, right? Yeah. This is the personal. I've watched some of that thing. I've watched I think one or two of them and I'm like, uh, I mean, it's it's okay. Not bad. I've certainly seen worse. I've seen a lot fucking worse. I think I'm getting so tired of these YouTube like shows that our kids are watching on fucking Hulu. They keep trying to turn them on. We always have to constantly like turn them off. And I wish there was a way I could like block certain shows from the kids. I think if you just blocked Pocket Watch, I think that's the the group that like compiles this shit. Can I do that on Hulu? Might be able to. Yeah. All right, gonna have to look into that. It's horrible. So that's what I've been watching. Cool. Are we ready? Anything else? Anything else exciting? You're fighting a cold. Yeah. I got a uh, Valentine's Day massage. All right. These are all... You just dated this episode. Who cares? (laughs) Nobody cares. (laughs) People love us. All right. I don't care. Okay. Let's talk the main main course, main feast. We are here to talk about Dennis the Menace. Are you ready for some hostets? You did not want to watch this. I did not want to watch it. Actually, I've been actively denying the watching of this and for I, a long time. I set you up with another title today earlier, and I was like, we're going to turn this on. And then when I came time to turn a movie on, I turned this on instead. I know. I was already settled. I was yep. like, and you just turned it on. And I was you know nervous me. that it was going to get, like, pulled off of Hulu. So, you know. You know me. If you just get it started, then I'm in. Uh-huh. In it to win it. Plus, I don't know. You, you Okay. Go ahead. Um, high stats first, then what we remember? Sure. Okay. Some high stats. Dennis the Menace came out in 1993. June 21st or something like that. June thing. 25th. Okay. 1993. Close. It is rated? PG. Yes. One hour and 34 minutes. Yeah. It's about five minutes too long. Yeah. I agree. It's, yeah. Yep. Oh, you'd cut some more out of it is what I'm hearing you say. Oh, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yep. There's a scene that you thought dragged on. Oh, man. Okay. You'd love to cut it. Yeah, I'd love it. 
Okay. Uh, what do you, what's your guess for what the budget was? It wasn't much. Maybe like thirty million. I don't know because it's not listed on IMDb. I gotta I gotta say I feel like this movie was like a, not a success. It made fifty one million US, oh, one hundred seventeen million. That's not worldwide. bad actually. That's pretty good. I thought maybe it was not a hit because I don't remember. Made nine million on opening weekend. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it was the early 90s. I think Jurassic Park might have come out right around this time. Sounds about right. And so that might be the reason, because I was only interested in Jurassic Park at this point in my life. And I remember, look, I saw Dennis the Menace in theaters, but uh, not until after. June 11th, 1993. So it was out. I was, who even remembers? There were people who were just thinking about Jurassic Park still, right? Totally. 100%. Um, But I saw this in the theater. I remember. What do you remember? This is the segment where we uh, write down what we remember before we go back and rewatch the movie or watch it for the first time. I'll go ahead and read two things. Cool guess. I was excited about this first thing. So the first thing I will read is the description that was on Hulu, uh, on the Hulu. Mm-hmm. Okay. An exploration from within a child's imagination of a carefree world where neighbors still look out for one another. I'm going to repeat that. An exploration from within a child's imagination of a carefree world where neighbors still look out for one another. What the fuck is that describing? So two two things. Okay. There's two options here. Yeah. First one. It's all a dream. No. I think that the first option of what happened here is that whoever was in charge of writing this particular entry did not know what this movie was and only looked at the poster. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, well, we don't know exactly what it is. This sounds familiar, like there was some kind of like old comic strip of this. Maybe it's about like yesteryear, and they did that. The uh-huh. second thing is, it was written by someone who really, really likes Dennis the Menace, the movie, and was like, this is what it really is about. This is the deep... This is what... The deep analysis. Well, actually, there's a third a option. Sentence. There's two guys working at Hulu writing descriptions. And the first guy's like, hey, hey, Phil, look what I'm going to write for this Dennis the Menace one. I'm like, oh, yeah, you should totally put that in there. Should I? Should I do it? <laughs> yeah, but you should definitely put that in. I'm going to do it. Option four. Uh-huh. It's some contractor from a different country who doesn't speak English. Oh. And this is the translated version of that. And it's not exactly what they originally wrote. Yep. Yep. It's one Any of those. those options. Okay. It's certainly not someone who watched the movie and was like, this is a good description I of wouldn't, the movie. I wouldn't call this movie an exploration from within a child's imagination. Exploration of a child's life, but not his imagination. And He's not I even in the... say it's a, it's a carefree world. Well, it... it yeah. Well, it seems like a carefree na- uh, town with the exception of one person that comes in. Also, also another person named Dennis. Well, yeah, he is causing Also another person, George. George Wilson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's what I remember. Very, very uh, complex analysis. So, so perk it's a up. vivid memory. Perk up. Listen, uh-huh. I remember from me, an annoying kid bothers his grumpy ass neighbor. Oh, That's what, what I, I thought you were going to do. I thought you're setting my, setting yourself up to like this is what I really remember of it, and then you're going to just read that same description. <laughs> that was what the I thought that was the gag that you were going to go for. No, I'm not as funny as you. Oh well, I didn't really do a gag one, but I just actually wrote. I said Dennis is a tornado of trouble. But he's a nice boy, because that's what the Martha Wilson always says. Uh-huh. I remember that. But Mr. Wilson, played by Walter Matthau, hates the fucking kid. Anyway, Dennis has to stay with the Wilsons, and he ruins Mr. Wilson's big flower reveal party. There's also a transient murderer or whatever that feels out of a different movie, and Dennis has got to foil him. How do you remember this shit? I saw when, this movie. When was the last time you saw it? When was the first, and when was the last time you saw it? I this saw movie? it in 93, in a movie theater, and then I subsequently like had the VHS tape, and then, I don't know, the last time I saw this movie, before we met, <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's been quite a while. How do you remember that many details? That was 20 years ago. What's fun least. is that we watched it, and I also remembered pretty much all of it. I was like, oh yeah, I saw this movie a lot. Wow. Because I don't think, uh, well, I you know, here's the thing. This yeah. is obviously very clear to me now because this we've done an episode on Baby's Day Out. We've done an episode on Home Alone. We've done an episode on Home Alone 2. All the things that have in common with this movie is John Hughes. And this is like the 90s John Hughes. Clearly when I was a kid in the 90s, I was like, John Hughes movies are my jam. Like this level, not like the teen ones he made. I was in the level of like these kid movies that they're foiling people with violence. This is what it's about. 
That brings me to an early segment of Tea Time with Tyler. Okay. Tea Time with Tyler is where I fill up my tea, which is pretty much already gone, and I ask Tyler a random question. because we spent the first half of the episode talking about what we've been watching. What have you been watching? And uh, are you ready, Tyler? I'm yeah, I guess. Open my hot water. I'm at like forty-eight percent right now, but well, let's do I it. haven't. I haven't done it on the last couple episodes. That's true. We've not been so, doing any of our segments. Ooh, that is hot and steamy. Uh huh. I thought you were gonna make an inappropriate joke. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Or that's what he said. That's what Michael Scott says on the episode of Gay Witch Hunt, which is the one I just watched. Oh, nice. That's nice, a good. Nice, nice. You can always watch The Office. Makes you feel good. That feels like that's a quote that needs to go on my my board at work. That's what she said, or no, that's I'm what he said. No, I'm just going to write, that's what he said. Yeah. Michael Scott. Michael Scott. Yep. I like it. Okay. Okay. Tyler Wilson. Name as many movies as possible that John Hughes is credited for writing. Okay. On your mark, get set, go. The Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, uh, Weird Science, Dennis the Menace, Home Alone. I don't know if he was part of Home Alone too. Baby's Day Out. Uh, he probably gets a story credit on Home Alone 3, maybe, I don't know. He was involved with that Home Alone 3 somehow. I'm missing a couple big ones. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, there's a couple big ones I'm missing. Pretty in Pink is another one. Um, having a little trouble. I might have exhausted. Might have exhausted my my level. Did you have a list in front of you? I do. Oh, that's good. Okay. Two things I want to say. Okay. John Hughes was fucking mm. busy. Planes, trains, and automobiles, Uncle Buck. Yes. <laughs> Out of those two. Okay. They don't count, but I'll, I'll give you half credit. Fine. Um, John Hughes is fucking busy writing. So this is what I'd like to tell you directly. Are you making eye contact with me? Yeah. Start fucking writing, Tyler. Oh, okay. Be the next John Hughes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think you could do it. I oh, yeah. I think you could write these fucking movies I w- for here's 2020. My but here's my problem. And this is what I would do. And this is the problem. I'd be like, the first thing that I would get real excited about writing would probably be like, Baby's Day Out 2. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then I would write that and be like, who is that movie for other than me? I don't know. Okay. Are you ready to hear the list? I'm only going to name ones that I know. He directed some of these, but mostly in his later part, he okay. did not really direct. Mr. Mom. Oh, yeah. Vacation. Oh, yeah. I didn't even like, yep, yep. Uh, 16 Candles. Yep. Uh, the Breakfast Club. Yep. National Lampoon's European Vacation. Yep. Weird Science. Yep. Pretty in Pink. Yep. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. Some Kind of Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. She's Having a Baby. That I don't know if that sounds familiar to me. Five, yeah. The Great Outdoors. Yeah, I was going to just say that one because of the John Hughes thing. Uncle but I didn't, Buck. National mind. Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I, does he have a story credit on that? Or it, says written, it says written by. Huh. All right. Yeah, he uh, did then. Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curly Sue. Uncle Buck the TV Series. Home Alone, the video game. <laughs> well, you got, yeah. Beethoven. No, we did another one of those. Written by, as Edmund Dantes it says. Mm. Home Alone 2. Home Alone, um, Dennis the Menace. Baby's Day Out. Miracle on 34th Street. 101 Dalmatians. Flubber. Home Alone 3. Uh, Home Alone 4. TV I mean, he must movie. be getting story. Taking he must back be, the house. Yeah, he must be getting. Oh no, yeah, because they use a, they use the McAllisters for it's that his one. Characters. Yeah. Whereas okay. in the third movie, I think he actually did uh, write let me that. See. Let me go back. Did he write Home, Home Alone three? Yeah, written back. Yeah, that's insane. But okay. okay. Uh, we're still going. We're still going. Uh, no, we're not. Made in Manhattan, as Edmund Dantes. He I wonder if it. that was an old script when they finally made that movie. Because I think he didn't. When did he die? I, well, he has. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much. Anyway, I got a lot of them. I just didn't. I I didn't throw in the lampoon movies, and then I forgot my John Candy corner. But I got them most of them by the time I you stopped. So I'm at forty eight percent. He died in two thousand nine, in Manhattan. (laughs) I like how you said that because it's something to do with Made in Manhattan. Well, when it was Made in Manhattan, two thousand three, two. Oh man, I'm upset that I missed that year. Yeah, you fucked that up, Tyler. We were they were all in town to see that movie, Made in Manhattan. Made in Manhattan. It's a Fly the Concords deal. God, Fly the Concords is great. So. And then he turned it to Dirty Grandpa in a uh, in an updated live version of that song. By the he way, he was really young when he died, fifty nine. Yeah, he's fucking busy. He's not anymore. I mean, he was though. He wrote so much shit. Holy cow. Yep. Good stuff too. Anyway, so, like, like so many of my favorites, but like some weird ones in there, like Flubber. <laughs> like, who would have guessed? We'll probably do that episode. <laughs> that's on. That's on Disney Plus. Ninety seven. That's yeah. on Disney Plus. Okay. So, we have 
talked about what we remember. We've done high stats. Tea time with Tyler. Let's talk about the movie. Okay. Oh, you don't want to do another segment? Okay. No. <laughs> I thought we were just going to knock out. We haven't been doing our segments. So like, we'll just do them all in a row, and then we won't forget. Okay. What would Rogers say? <laughs> we haven't done that one in a while. This is the segment. Let's <laughs> go. Yeah. Do it. Where we, uh, we take a look at the infamous movie critic, Roger Ebert, and see what he said about the movie. Yep. Tyler, what rating do you guess Roger Ebert gave Dennis the Menace? Two stars. Two and a half. Yeah, that's about right. Okay. He wrote a review. <laughs> yeah, good. Yep, yep, yep. And he said mostly good things about it as I'm skimming it. Okay, but what would you, what, was there something that you said that was wrong? You, you teased me when we started oh, I recording did, this. I did. He's, he, his first sentence, he says something, he has an inaccurate statement. So now i got to dismiss the entire review. Okay, what is the statement? He says, da, ba, da, ba, da. Uh, There's a theory among students of television that the fatal flaw in the Dennis the Menace TV series was that the Dennis character was old enough to know better. That is not the case with the new feature-length film Dennis the Menace, in which the little monster and the actor who plays him are both about seven. He's not seven. They not say he's five. Fucking seven. He's five. They said he's five. You're I find... wrong. You're dead and you're wrong. I don't know what's, uh, okay. Are we done with that segment? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but okay. he mostly says, I enjoyed this, I enjoyed this, I enjoyed this. And then the thing he dogs on, I totally disagree on. What's that? He says that the good qualities are undermined, unfortunately, by the Switchblade Sam character, <laughs> who is dirty, threatening, and scary. I mean... I kind of get that. It's a kid's movie, and then there's this legitimately threatening-looking dude as your villain. Yeah, he's like, it doesn't explain why John Hughes put him in the movie. It almost seems place. like, because he's played by Christopher Lloyd, and it almost seems like it's a situation... Now, I'm not... I don't know enough about Christopher Lloyd's acting um, method, but it seems like a case where he got hired for it, and he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come to this movie on set with like some bad teeth, uh, dirt... Yeah. Like, I'm supposed to be a transient... I'm going to really play this. He's like, got, like, early meth scars. Like, yeah. before meth was popular. He, he looks was, convincing he was, as a uh, an ill-advised, Ill, Ill ill-looking yeah. uh, miscreant. He's, like... He's, he looks threatening. He's very unwell-looking. So, yeah. I... Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of get that. I kind of get... It's not a bad performance. I mean, it's certainly not a bad performance, but I'm just saying, like, it is a little weird. Because that's what I want to... That's really what I want to talk about, about this movie. Okay. Number well, number one, it's a lot better than it has any right to be. I agree. Right. <laughs> so you, you had mentioned that I did not want to watch this movie, and in my mind, it right. was what I said. There's a annoying ass fucking kid who irritates his grumpy ass neighbor, and to me, that sounds brutal. It's a lot of things going for it. You have Walter Matthau playing Mr. Wilson. That right there is once it got him, you're like, that's not gonna, this is not gonna be a disaster. But on the other hand, him being just like grouchy the whole time doesn't sound fun to watch. Wait, you you don't think that? Uh, Walter Matthau seeming grumpy would not be something that people would want to watch. Like, no one would go to the theater to watch someone that was either grumpy or even grumpier, you say? Grumpier? I actually remember liking those movies. Yeah, those are good. At least the first one. I don't know. But, like, do I want to go watch him again? No, I do not. Well, anyway, Walter Matthau is a treasure, and I think that he is uh, good in the movie. Being exasperated and annoyed by this little kid. But it's also, you got Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson is in the movie, so you get a little Back to the Future mini. They don't have a, they don't share a scene, do they? No, they don't. Yeah. Um, she, he's tied up and she runs by. But, so anyway, there's good elements to the movie in that regard. Um, the kid is played by, insert name here, but he didn't have much of a career, but he is like uh, Jason Schwartzman's um, little friend in Rushmore. Jason Gamble. Yeah, he's, he's, so he did show up in Rushmore in a pretty big role. But anyway, what I want to talk about Dennis Mass, and I get it. It's an old comic strip. It's an old cartoon series. The aesthetic of the movie, right off the bat, it seems like it's going to be a movie that's set in the past. Mm-hmm. Right? You've got baseball cards in the spokes of his thing. He's pulling around an actual red metal wagon, which, you know, you can't even get those hardly anymore. Well, you gotta go, you gotta travel back to the 90s, though. But I do agree. And it's, it's really heavy in the first 10 minutes. The house is like, it looks like a 50s house. The mom, she's wearing like a very, 50s housewife. She has like a do-rag in her hair. Yeah. yeah. The dad has got these glasses. I mean, it, again, they're trying to make it look like the, the comic and the cartoon, right? They lo- they are supposed to look like that, and so I get that. But it is it throws you off, because you're mm-hmm. just... Because also, he's supposed to be five, and he's just rolling down the road by himself, 
coming from God knows where, and he spends most of the movie with his friends, just off. I mean, he's always no one's watching him. Mm-hmm. I have a we've had five year olds. We currently don't have a five year old currently, but we've have a four year old and we have a, a six year old, and so I just know that. In general, this is not an age that you could just let go down the street and just get themselves into trouble, especially a kid like Dennis, who is actively uh, terrorizing his neighbor. Totally. I mean, I think about our daughter, who's almost five years old. Mm-hmm. Ain't no fucking way she'd be doing uh, rolling around the neighborhood by herself, even in 1993. And and the, which makes the movie a little bit weird because the depiction of his behavior, I yes, he's a menace, but he's. Some of the things he does are very age-appropriate. Very developmentally <laughs> on point. And we have Sawyer to compare to. So yes. it's like, that's exactly the shit she does. Oh, you're spraying out some nasal spray and putting some other substance in there? Yes, yeah. that's you're what they do. You're squirting a bottle in the bathroom because you found it and it makes a fun fountain. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh, cool. And then you're like, oh, no, I should refill this. Mm-hmm. Typical four-year-old, five-year-old But you got to watch them. Oh, God, my God. Even if you are watching them. But this movie opens with uh, him coming up to his neighbor's house just going into the house and then like harassing this man who's apparently asleep or sick and then but the problem is is that Mr. Wilson's not a not a smart guy his idea to like avoid him is to like put out these pills and pretend he's sick but why you shouldn't be you should be putting your pills up when there's a child around you should say get the fuck out of my house kid he doesn't want to come across. He comes later to the dad and he's like I don't want to sound like a grump. I don't want to tell him he's I not know. welcome, but he's it's trying like trying to be like a nice a friendly neighbor. But it's not appropriate for your five-year-old to be running into some the neighbor's house. No. Just stop it. No. But that's what I'm saying. The world seems like a 50s world where it is kids weird. are just all because over the place, running I, around. I grew up with, in like a, with all older neighbors, all like 60s and 70s. Right. There's no fucking way I'd just walk over and go in their house. Well, you'd be afraid that and they And that would... was 1988, not 1993. There was no fucking way I would just walk into their house. Right. But... It seems like it's an idea, a concept from another time. It definitely does. But then the movie, you. you know, starts to unpeel some of this. You, I, I, we could argue a little bit about the wardrobe. You say it's very 90s-ish. Yes. I can show you some pictures of my friends and what we wore in kindergarten and third grade. And... I, his friend Margaret, his friend Joey, they are, in their first scenes are wearing what I would describe as like 50s attire. But that's just me. It doesn't seem right. And they're playing in a... Listen, I played in treehouses with my cousins, and I get that, but this is just a weird... So that was in the 90s, and I get that, but it's just a... The whole thing is just not... It's so far away, so far removed from what it is now that it... Well, it's still 30 years old, I guess, but... Yep. Yep. So, Dennis the Menace. Mm Mm-hmm. It's uh, a lot, a lot. It's. I mean, it's admittedly a lot of situations where... Dennis is just harassing the fuck out of Walter Matthau. I mean, John various Hughes is, things. John Hughes is a, a talented writer. Was a talented writer for pranks and uh, you know shit shenanigans. And you can definitely tell that this movie was uh, created in the wake of the Home Alone phenomenon, right? Because um, what Home Alone Two is ninety two. It definitely, he's riding those coattails, right? All these movies have this. I know, but this is just like, it's a little, it's a young kid doing pranks or causing accidental injury. This is almost Baby's Day Out, where it's like the kids are doing stuff. Right. Unintentionally hurting the villains and hurting other people. There's a lot of Home Alone connections, though. Number one, Buzz is back. He's a teenager. Buzz is back, not looking any better nope <laughs> another year has gone by he's aging awkwardly as ever Yikes. he's the boyfriend of a babysitter that dennis has the babysitter is played by natasha leone mm-hmm. from orange new black and american pie she's a great actress she doesn't have a lot to do here but it's fun to see her crazy curly big hair was been there since day one yep um and but this is a scene where uh oh buzz can't read he's giving okay he's like you hired a a, a a girl to be your babysitter. Yeah. And then how would you feel about, like, her boyfriend coming over and, like, being in charge of the kid while he's bathing? Uh, what? He's the one reading a story poorly, you can't read very well, while Dennis is in the bathtub. What do you mean, how would I feel about it? A dude babysitter? He wasn't the babysitter. No, he was. No, the 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 no. girl was the no, babysitter. The boy was the babysitter. No, he said that he came after. Her. He said like, "Oh, it's blue around." He's like, "Yeah." His babysitter was Natasha Leone. Oh. Buzz comes over 
and he's bathing the he's sitting there next to the bath. I mean, why would I have a problem with that? Okay, that's interesting. Some would... some person that you don't know is coming into the house and is bathing your child. You have no problem with that. I mean, that guy seemed fine. Buzz seemed fine. Yeah. He he plays drums on his own brother's head. <laughs> And embarrasses him in front of a whole church of people when he's singing a solo. His big moment in the spotlight. That kind of guy you think is okay? All right. Here's the thing. I think it's very important when you're a parent and you're having babysitters over that you make it very clear that there are no boyfriends allowed over. Period. Okay. But as a previous babysitter... Did a boyfriend ever come over when I was babysitting? I'll never say. So, what I find fun is that this didn't occur to you, but you had to freeze frame the movie to look at the water levels of the bathtub in this sequence. Yes, I did. Because <laughs> you're like, this, wait, it's not it's, it's not okay. as deep in this shot. Now I it's super deep. Okay, I, I, I'm one of those annoying people that has fun with... Uh, What's the screen? Su- screen supervisor. Screen super. Yeah. Screen supervisor. Sc- oh, sc- sorry, script supervisor. Script supervisor. When yeah. they fuck up, it's funny. Because it's their only job. It's their only job is to make sure if they cut the scene that when they start back up again, everything is the fucking same. Every sandwich is where it needs to be, mm-hmm. and those are the fun things that people like to like catch and make posts about. It's fun. It's it's dumb. Well, things happen. You know, maybe scenes get shot over different days, yeah. and you I, know, I totally get it. It's just and, fun. And back in the, I mean, even as in the nineties, they were. There was no, like, digital cameras to, like, give you an instant shot of how things were laid out. You could just glance at it. You have to, like, get photographs of things or, or pay attention. Like, it was a lot harder back it then. It was a lot harder. So Not, It's a lot easier to give continuity now than it was. And even still, we still they still mess, they have yeah. stuff all the so time. The so the bathtub scene was distracting. He was, the kid was sitting in two inches of water. It seems like if you worked on a movie, this is the job that you would want, though. And then five minutes to, no, next cut, the water is about to overflow, and the water was not running. Nope. So it was very drastic, but yes, I had to rewind and be like, what the fuck? There's a shit ton of water in there now. The other Home Alone, uh, fun fact, is uh, there's an old couple that run the Garden Club uh, that George Wilson is very excited about uh, winning the uh, banquet. It seems like a bad prize. It's like, congratulations, you get to host all these assholes at your house and like pay for food. Like, fuck that. That doesn't so sound good. So if you don't remember what Tyler's talking about, George, mm-hmm. the grumpy old neighbor, has been growing a flower for 40 fucking years. Right. And it only blooms once. So he's For 10 seconds. For like, under for a full seconds, moon. Which is not a real flower. There is a flower that's similar, but not quite that extreme right there's a flower that only blooms every 10 to 20 years for about 24 hours and that's it anyway so he's been working really hard on this flower he's part of a garden club so he invites all he has to throw this party for the night it's a very big celebration it's a celebration of george and his garden he's getting honored he gets his picture taken for the newspaper a night big deal a night blooming mock orchid is what the the flower is yes Anyway, the people in charge of the uh, garden club is an old uh, old man and an older woman, and they are the same couple in Home Alone when Catherine O'Hara is at the airport begging to get on a plane, and she's offering her watch and money, and the guy's like, oh, all right. That's the same people. And just, people came back for Dennis the Menace. I love it. You were like, those are the same old people. And I caught that excited. without having to look it up. Now, yeah. I, do I know their names? No, I do not. Did I look them up? Uh, to, in an effort to say their names on this podcast? Yes. Did I actually put it in my notes? No. Um, so I, when we were watching this garden scene, was like, this seems familiar. Which garden scene? With the garden party where all the old people come to watch the flower At the bloom. end. Yeah. Okay. The one where you're talking about the yeah. Home Alone couple. Well, yeah, but they had an earlier scene, but yes. Did yes. They? Yeah, that's when I first noticed them. Oh. And they announced that he's the, the they're going to have the party at his house. Oh. They're in that first sequence. Oh. So, yeah, they're in two scenes. Well, seeing this flower made me think of it, but this flower is featured in Crazy Rich Asians. It's the same fucking thing. The real flower or the fake flower? The realish flower. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you need to tell me when you were looking this up during the movie that it apparently smells like death when it opens yeah, up. Yeah, isn't that in the movie, Crazy Rich Asians? I don't remember. I think it is, and then they're like, ooh. I don't remember. Yeah. I would open it, but the page isn't loading. Oh, fun. So, sorry. Um. Okay, so... There's a lot of, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, stuff. The parents have to go out of town. The the mom is newly working. This movie, actually, there's a couple things in this movie that are, like, just tossed in, like, real-world situations. The first being, in 93, a discussion of a mom that needs to work. 
and the shit that she gets from her shitbag uh, co-worker. Female co-worker. Yeah, she's a because shithead. a lot of the sexism in the workplace is girl on girl. Girl on... I'm like a little girl on girl. I'm like a little girl on girl. Yep. Hot fuzz, people. Hot fuzz. Yep. And um, so there's that, which is... I mean, yeah, that seems like archaic now, but in 1993, it was, uh, you know, it something to be addressed. Ar- it is not archaic now. Women in the workplace today are shamed if they have to reschedule plans because of kids. I... I, was, I, wasn't I witnessed it. I haven't wasn't saying that. I was saying it's archaic in the standard of being depicted in movies. So oh, we don't see it in movies. Well, we if you women see it, don't it, work in movies. No, these women days. work in movies. What are you talking Do about? They? Yes. What I'm are you saying. talking about? Okay, but anyway, there's that uh, bit of information. That's the, what sets up. You know, her the dad has to go on a trip that was already planned. She's got to go on a trip, so the Wilsons have to watch Dennis for a couple of nights um, without help. Um, the other thing was, is during that same sequence, uh, George uh, is gets on uh, Martha Wilson's uh, nerves because she's had a good moment of reciting this poem that her mother used to recite to her, to Dennis, and she recite, she remembered every word, and she was telling her husband uh, about this, and he's just like, fuck, I'm going to bed, fuck off. And she's having this feeling of like, I not that I regret not having kids, but it's like an emotion that you're not sharing with me, and they have like a very... Uh, real uh fight Exchange. and it's and it's good because he's been kind of an asshole to her a couple different times mm-hmm. he like wants her out of the shot when he gets his uh chiclet uh teeth teeth uh picture you know he's been kind of a dick mm-hmm. and she's just trying to give the kid the benefit down obviously if he has some mixed feelings about not having her own children and so uh you know that happens in this movie there's a little bit of a thoughtful exchange and then uh uh, Mr. Wilson goes down and apologizes to the dog, and it gets a kiss from Dennis's dog. And haha, it's mistakes a joke. the dog for her. But I appreciate how there's a couple different moments of uh, of things. Now, ooh, the other thing we wanted I wanted to mention was the uh, when they are gonna get before the Wilsons are gonna take Dennis for the two nights. They try and get a hold of a bunch of babysitters. Yes. And so there's a montage. Montage. Who doesn't love a good montage? Of them going through their address book. Mm-hmm. And uh, calling up people and them hanging up on them. And what they've decided to do in this movie is to have a unique and memorable phone for every single hangup. They are all just all over the place type yep. of phones. Yep. Old looking phones with brass on them, all sorts of uh, uh, a duck phone, one of them duck was. A phone, a yellow phone, a fancy phone. That was the thing in the 90s, having a cool phone. And I remember, I remember wanting like a cool phone, like a banana phone. Mm-hmm. Or a cool phone, but no, we knew, we always just had the regular ones. You know, did you have a cool phone? Mm, no, we had like a well. It was the only phone I really remember in our house, other than like the cord ones were like the you know because we were we were getting we were getting the wireless ones at this point, kind of in the nineties. So what with the big antenna? Maybe you're fancy. We didn't get a wireless one, and I feel like till after cell phones. <laughs> Don't do, well. That's what cell phones were kind of kicking around around. Our landline had a long ass fucking cord. My mom could walk all the way around the fucking house with that thing. Long I remember we had the, the 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 wireless one with like if you talked on the phone for like twenty minutes, I was like, well, time to go turn the t- plug the phone back in because it had to like charge, you know. God, I don't even remember getting a wireless phone. That's you obviously had a wireless high phone. I don't think we did. I think my parents were like, "Fucking wall one works fine." <laughs> no, we did get one eventually. Anyway, a lot of fun phones during yeah. the montage here. Yeah. Um, we we touched on Christopher Lloyd coming into town. Um, he's a and he's just kind of lurking, creepy. He's breaking into houses, doing sorts of stuff like that. But then uh, the climax of this movie, so Dennis, you know, he fucks up the party. Of course he does, right? Knocks over On the accident. food. Yeah, he, he never does any. That's what I appreciate. He's never he's never a, a bad kid in terms he's of, He's not like, trying to, like, hurt people. Nope. He's not trying to hurt anybody. He doesn't even mean anything negative. He's just always, like, either being silly and makes a mistake and then tries to fix it with his five-year-old brain. Mm-hmm. Or he just, you know, does something he's not thinking about. Or he's, he's asking a lot of questions, which is annoying everybody. He's just a fucking five-year-old. Right. Which is perfect. So, you know, yes, he's a menace, but not intentionally. Yeah. Um. So, Mr. Wilson, he's he misses to seeing the uh, orchid blooming for 10 seconds and listen this is what i would say he's like 40 years i spent on this for nothing and he throws a plant i think you would have been disappointed anyway if you looked at this thing bloom for like five seconds and then it closes up and that's it that's a waste of time what a letdown it would be a letdown if you saw it and it, there's it seems like there's a shot where he actually does see some he of just it doesn't see it in full bloom well who cares like 
Well, this is pre-videotapes and pre-digital photos on your phone. I, he missed it. He yeah. missed the witnessing. I guess. But didn't you think also the flower... It was not that beautiful. It was a. It was big. But, like, it wasn't like... When I think of, like, a 40-year-old flower that's going to bloom, what I want to see is, like, a giant, like, little shop of horrors, like Venus flytrap or something. It was kind of like that. Yeah, I mean... It did look like that a little bit. I kind of want to see something that'll actually, like, uh, you know, like, attack someone. That would be worth 40 years of growing. Anyway, he gets mad. He calls him a... The way he gets mad, he calls him a pest, doesn't want to see him, but, I mean, nothing really different than what he usually tells him. (laughs) Well, he does string it in a big string, and they... No, it's hurtful. He hurts Dennis the Menace. So I think this movie's fine and fun, and I can see why I liked it as a kid, but then, I gotta be honest, this, I like Christopher Lloyd, he's got some good line delivery, being kind of a creepy little creep, and when the cop stops him at the playground, I think is a pretty good little uh, delivery. Yeah. About, like, uh, why, why, I think you should just move on, but he's like, well, that's what I would, I want to move on. The reason I'm not moving on is because you stopped to give me the breeze. Because you stopped to give me the breeze. Stop I like that. Give me the breeze. And, and he snaps his teeth. Dirty teeth. It's pretty good. So I like all that. But then, like, we get this. It goes on forever. He gets. Yeah, Dennis so runs Dennis... away. He gets in line with the. the he kind of gets him. He decides. He's already, like, he's broken into Mr. Wilson's house, stolen his gold and all this other stuff. And he's going to use him as a hostage or something. He's holding on to Dennis. Dennis thinks they're just, like, playing. And they're by the river, right? And it's just a long sequence of, like, Dennis annoying him, which we've already had a bunch of the whole movie. But then it's like, he's supposed to be a threat, and he yeah, he tries to stab him a couple different times, right? But, like, oh, it just goes on and on and on. And then, like, even to the point where it's like, I'm going to tie you up. It's like, you're never going to be able to tie me up. No, my legs are too small, and the rope's too big. It's just not going to work. I can show you how to tie me up, and I'll never be able to get out. He's just like, okay, yeah, show me. So then he, like... Shows him by doing it to him. And so then you got a whole extended thing where he's tied up. And then he's like, oh, yeah, see, then you give me those handcuffs you have. I'll handcuff you. And Christopher Lloyd's like, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, you're right. I can't get out of this. All right, go get the key and let me out. Well, what are you doing? So then he loses the key and the beans. And then he's got to feed him the beans on the pot. But then, like, he maybe swallowed the bean, the swallowed the key. But how would you not notice that you had a key in your mouth? That's only, like, the first half of this long sequence of just like more stinkwince stinkwince it really is a stinkwince yeah and it's just more like it's home alone stuff but like confined to like one little place under a bridge where he keeps falling on a piece of plank wood on the river our kids quite enjoyed this uh, i know they did and listen that's fine but after a movie where he's already like harassing uh mr wilson and he's like shooting We've already had several sequences where he's, like, cleaning up a mess in his garage and, like, sucks up some paint and wood and then, like, flips it to awe, like, the other way. And it shoots into Mr. Wilson's uh, barbecue and he makes paint chicken. Like, we've had a lot of this already for the movie. So then, like, to, to like, we feel like you're on the home stretch, like, we're finally going to be done. And then it's just, like, one thing after another. And it, and Dennis never, he only ever catches wind that he's actually in trouble, like, right at the end when he sees the gold. And even then he's, like, hooked christopher lloyd's rope up to a train and he like oh yeah what so he okay maybe you can describe this because it seems like what you were telling me and i would agree with you is that there should be a darth maul situation going on here (laughs) right like what is the contraption that he's made well uh um what's his name Christopher Lloyd. Switchblade Sam. Okay. Has fallen into... That's his name in the movie? Yeah. It's good stuff. Into the quarry, into the water. Okay. The creek, the ditch, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's under a bridge, I Which guess, is uh... lined with cement walls, and he has the handcuffs on so he can't get out. And so Dennis the Menace grabs the rope and creates a quite an intricate, especially for a fucking five-year-old, pulley system. So he goes up to the top of the bridge, he loops it around... Throws it down, wraps it around um, a little sign hangy thing next to the railroad tracks, loops it around that, and then throws it to him. So there's this pulley that he is he has made. Now he's already made. He's already got fallen in the water once though, and was able to get out of the water then without the handcuffs. Okay. So now he's got the handcuffs on, so he can't get out because it's cement lined. So he's got to be able to get his hands up two feet and pull himself. Okay, up. Okay, I see that. So yep. he can't do that. Okay, so I he needs that. the rope to 
yank himself Makes sense. Up. Makes sense. So he's yanking himself up, and then the train comes by, and the rope at the very end, um, which is hanging next to this big sign thing, gets taken by the train, <laughs> hooked up, and as the train goes, yanks the pulley. And so then uh, Switchblade Slam gets pulled. Switchblade Slam is a good wrestling name. Gets pulled all the Switchblade way. Switchblade Slam! All the way to the top of the bridge. Under, Under the, the bridge, bridge, right, yeah. Right, and and you see that the rope is around his waist, and it's pulling on him, and you, and there's this moment where it's like, oh, is this, this, the rope on the sign going to break? No. Let me tell you, the train was fucking going fast, and at the force of that rope, I'm not a physicist, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty certain that the speed of that rope and it not letting loose should have cut him in half. You know why it didn't? Because there was a person up there named Chris O'Donnell that was stuck on the tracks, and the force of him getting knocked knocked him out of his shoes, but slowed the train enough that he didn't get cut in half. That was a sad movie. <laughs> that you was like that movie. I Prime do like that tomatoes. movie. I do like that movie. But we keep coming back to that train scene. Every time I think of trains, I think of Chris O'Donnell's foot getting stuck in it. Of course. I mean, and he gets hit by the train and he knocks him out of his shoes. I probably need to do a little bit of therapy because I do feel like there's some trauma there for me. But anyway, Christopher Lloyd should be should have been Darth Maul. She'd have been in half. That'd have been quite something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, what I find fun is that after this whole incident, uh, Dennis has decided to like retie him up and with the handcuffs and put him in the back of his wagon and drag him back to town, which is uh, an image that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That happens in this movie. Five year old. He gets sorted by a uh... strong kid. Yep. But I mean, it is out of the Home Alone playbook. It just goes on too long, I thought. That's pretty much Dennis the Menace, though. So if you like pranks, and you like Walter Matthau... Walter Matthau. Yeah, the wife is good. That's, uh... What's her actress, his name? She's good. I liked her in the part. She she just, you know, she's got that grandmotherly, uh... Feel Joan about her. Plow, right? Yeah, she's good. Um, there was, like, a sequel that went straight to video. Um, but it was not the same people, obviously. But I want to say that it was, uh... Notable in some regard. They they tried to make it seem like it was uh, related to this movie, but uh, obviously it was not. Um, not. I, I just feel... It must be because I think of Baby's Day Out. I know that that was a notorious bomb. Um, but $50 million and uh, not, not a bad number. It's a hit. People went and saw this thing. Yeah, and I think it's fine for kids, minus, I guess, the scary parts of potentially getting stabbed by a homeless guy. Our, kid wa- our kids watched it and seemed phased by that guy. They just knew he was a robber. They, they were like, that. he's a bad guy. In fact, it's very simplistic in its depiction of a bad guy in that it, it is, is. They're a ro- he's a robber. And he's clearly a robber. Like, he goes to the park. Yeah. And, and he walks up to... It's just like... You any, and I are thinking, like, that guy's a pedo. That's dangerous. But yeah. no, he's just, like, a perch snatcher. But any kid could identify that. Right. Or, like, the real scary criminal at the park is the guy that looks just like everybody else. Probably, yeah. The ones that will take you. But, yeah. So, I mean, it's very... Like, yes, he could be looking scary, but then again, it also is just like a... It's almost like a... The equivalent of, like, the old bank robber, like, black mm-hmm. and white, uh, with the black makeup on the fit, you know? Like, that's, totally. it's almost like the same level of, like, depiction here. It is a little bit weird they tries to stab him a couple times, and that part's a little bit, I would say, intense for kids, but. Our kids didn't even notice, I don't think. No, they don't know. What Elliot's conclusion on the movie was. Yes. At the end. Uh-huh. That kid does a lot of naughty stuff. Uh-huh. On accident, some real dangerous stuff. That's it. That was yeah. his conclusion. I like that. And then uh, Sawyer was like, that guy was bad. She knew that that guy was bad. I was like, that guy got, like, oh, he's got, he's a, he got really hurt and blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, but he deserved it because he was bad. So he's I thought a was bad pretty guy. And I was like, that's good. But I'm like, uh, well, if she decides that someone's bad, she might do some crazy shit to She's going to home alone their ass. She might home alone their Let's ass. Let's hope it's not She tries to home alone me every fucking day. She's like, I'm going to put some stuff in this puddle. I'm going to see what... My favorite part is that if I'm in my bedroom, uh whatever I'm doing, I'll have the door open. And if I'm in and out or whatever, if I'm in there for a few minutes or something and she's out there, what she likes to do is she likes to come in and be like, daddy, I love you. And then she'll like, try to like start closing my door. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm closing your door. You want your door closed? Nope. I want that door open. And every time she does that, she's like, damn it. In her head, I can just tell her, like, 
damn it, I was going to do something naughty or do something that was like, that he doesn't want me to do. Yeah. She doesn't think it's naughty, but she's like, she knows that she's not supposed to do certain things. Yeah. She's going to like, like one day the kids decided to fill up a giant, giant gallon sized Ziploc yeah. with water yeah. and put it in the freezer. Yeah. Open. Yeah. Just see what the fuck would happen. Yeah. I like opened the freezer drawer and I was like, what the fuck is this giant thing of ice? And why is there ice all over everything in the freezer? Yeah. And they're yeah. like, the babysitter told us we could do it. Shut the fuck up. No, she didn't. You goddamn menace. Yeah, they like it. And because there's a, there is a, um, in our house, there is a, there's a danger period, uh, because I'm gonna, this is a little bit personal, but there's a, there's a period that I'm a notoriously, uh, long pooper. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the kids know this, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, he's going poop." <laughs> they're like, "Oh, what can we, got, we do? We got forty-five free minutes to recap." Maybe not forty-five minutes, but there's more time than uh, uh than some. But I've no, learned the kids that no, I'm a fast pooper. So they're like, "Ah, we don't have time with." Mom. I have learned that if I am still going, I can just give. I can go. It's a good thing to do anyway. Courtesy flush. Sure. And they can hear that. And be like, oh, it must be. Whoa. Okay, we're gonna better stop what we're doing. We'll wrap it up here. Yeah. So no, there you go. We have four Dennis the Menaces in our house, and I'm Mr. Wilson. It's fitting. It is fitting. All right, guys, do you have any last thoughts, Tyler, before we shut her down? I was going to try to knock all of our segments out and give you a thing, but I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Angela, for Angela explains, explains it all. Nah, 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 nah. I got a good one. Okay. Let's Please explain to the people out there, if they like us, where they can find us. So you can find Old Millennials Remember Movies at oldmillennialsremember.com, or you can just go to your favorite podcast app and type in Old Millennials. Spell it right, though, fuckers. If you're listening to this on your computer, (laughs) you're dumb. Just get the fucking podcast app on your phone and listen to it. You can also usually share episodes that way with your friends. There's usually like a little share button. So if you're like, oh, this one was good. Remember this movie? I want to share it with Jim. You can send it over to Jim. Who's Jim? They're friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the main way to reach us. You can send us emails there, contact us, give us ideas. We love to hear what you think. You can will... also comment on podcasts. And as usual, you can find us on the, you know, all the dumb social media sites. We'll, and we'll check that email once every three weeks at least. I Maybe more. check it regularly. Oh, okay. I will not reply to you regularly, but oh. I will. Actually, I have it. a letter right here from someone that uh, wrote in. I just got it here. Let me see what it says here. It says, Dear... You know what? I don't have the energy. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening to Old Millennials Remember Movies. We will uh, talk at you another movie. Bye. I'm waving for the YouTube feed. Bye.